Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classes of Mail. My name is Alan Gigax, and today we are going to read from the JCAM Article 14, Safety and Health. So let's get started. Uh, 14.1, Section 1, Responsibilities. It is the responsibility of management to provide safe working conditions at all present and future installations and to develop a safe working force. And Off to a poor start here. It is the responsibility of management to provide safe working conditions in all present and future installations and to develop a safe working force. The union will cooperate with and assist management to live up to this responsibility. The employer will meet with the union on a semi-annual basis and inform the union of its automated systems development programs. The employer also agrees to give, an appropriate, to give appropriate consideration to human factors in the design and development of automated systems. Human factors and ergonomics of new automated systems are a proper subject for discussion at the National Joint Labor Management Safety Committee. Responsibilities. It is management's responsibility to provide safe working conditions. It is the union's responsibility to cooperate with and assist management in its efforts to fulfill this responsibility. 14.2, Section 2, Cooperation. The employer and the union insist on the observance of safe rules and safe procedures by employees and insist on correction of unsafe conditions. Mechanization, vehicles, and vehicle equipment and the workplace must be maintained in a safe and sanitary condition, including adequate occupational health and environmental conditions. The employer shall make available at each installation forms to be used by employees in reporting unsafe and unhealthful conditions. If an employee believes he or she is being required to work under unsafe conditions, such an employee may A. Notify such employee's supervisor who will immediately investigate the condition and take corrective action if necessary. B. Notify such employee's steward, if available, who may discuss the alleged unsafe condition with such employee's supervisor. C. File a grievance at formal step A of the grievance procedure within 14 days of notifying such employee's supervisor if no corrective action is taken during the employee's tour. And or D. Make a written report to the union representative from the local safety and health committee who may discuss the report with such employee's supervisor. Upon written request of the employee involved in an accident, a copy of, for of the PS Form 1769 accident report will be provided. Any grievance which has as its subject a safety or health issue directly affecting an employee which is subsequently properly appealed to arbitration in accordance with the provisions of Article 15 may be placed at the head of the appropriate arbitration docket at the request of the union. Priority Handling of Safety Issues Article 14.2 provides a special priority for the handling of safety and health issues, providing for cooperative correction of unsafe conditions and enforcement of safety rules, and requiring special handling of individual safety issues as they arise. Safety grievances filed at formal step A. Article 14.2C provides that safety and health grievances may be filed directly at formal step A of the grievance procedure. However, if a health or safety grievance is filed at informal step A instead, it is not procedurally defective for that reason. Priority arbitration scheduling. Any grievance which has as its subject a safety or health issue directly affecting an employee which is subsequently properly appealed to arbitration may be placed at the head of the appropriate arbitration docket at the request of the union. 
the Postal Service will not refuse to schedule a case in accordance with Article 14.2 based solely upon the belief that no safety issue is present. However, placement of a case at the head of the arbitration docket does not preclude the Postal Service from arguing the existence of the alleged safety issue or that the case should not have been given priority. And there's a citation here. 14.3, Section 3, Implementation. To assist in the positive implementation of the program, A, there shall be established at the employer's headquarters level a joint labor management safety committee. Representation on the committee, to be specifically determined by the employer and the union, shall include one person from the union and representatives from the appropriate departments in the Postal Service. Not later than 60 days following the effective date of this collective bargaining agreement, designated representatives of the union and management will meet for the purposes of developing a comprehensive agenda, which will include all aspects of the employer's safety program. Subsequent to the development of this agenda, priorities will be established and a tentative schedule will be developed to ensure full discussion of all topics. Meetings may also be requested by either party for the specific purpose of discussing additional topics of interest within the scope of the committee. The responsibility of the committee will be to evaluate and make recommendations on all aspects of the employer safety program to include program adequacy, implementation at the local level, and studies being conducted for improving the work environment. The chair will also be designated by the employer. The union may designate a coordinator who, in conjunction with the chair, shall schedule the meetings and recommend priorities on new agenda items. In addition, the coordinator may assist the chair in conducting the activities of the committee. The employer shall furnish the union information relating to injuries, illness and safety, including the morbidity and mortality experience of employees. This report shall be in the form shall be in form yeah, this report shall be in form of the reports furnished to OSHA on a quarterly basis. The headquarters level committee will meet quarterly at the employer and union dude. The headquarters level committee will meet quarterly and the employer and union representatives will exchange proposed agenda items two weeks before the scheduled meetings. If problems or items of significant national nature arise between scheduled quarterly meetings, either party may request a special meeting of the committee. Either party will have the right to be accompanied to any committee meeting by no more than two technical advisors. B. There shall be established at the employer's area level an area joint labor management safety committee, which will be scheduled to meet quarterly. The employer and union representatives will exchange proposed agenda items two weeks before the scheduled meetings. If problems or items of a significant area nature arise between scheduled quarterly meetings, either party may request a special meeting of the committee. Either party will have the right to be accompanied to any committee meeting by no more than two technical advisors. Representation on the committee shall include one person from the union and appropriate representatives from the Postal Service Area Office. The chair will be designated by the employer. C. The employer will make health service available for the treatment of job-related injury or illness where it determines they are needed. The health service will be available from any of the following sources. U.S. Public Health Service. Other government or public medical sources within the area independent or private medical facilities or services that can be contracted for, or in the event funds, spaces, and personnel are available for such purposes, they may be staffed at the installation. 
The employer will promulgate appropriate regulations which comply with applicable regulations of the Office of Workers' Compensation Programs, including employee choice of health services. The, D. The employer will comply with Section 19 of the Williams-Steiger Occupational Safety and Health Act. Quick drink here. OSHA. The Postal Employee Safety Enhancement Act of 1998, PESEA, changed the status of the Postal Service as an employer under the Occupational Safety and Health Act, OSHA. Previously, the Postal Service, as a federal agency, was exempt from the private sector provisions of the OSHA and was covered only by Section 19 of the Act and Executive Order 12196. When PESEA became effective, the Postal Service, unlike other federal agencies, became fully subject to the OSHA. This means that OSHA has jurisdiction over the Postal Service in matters relating to employee safety and health. 14.4. Section 4, Local Safety Committee. At each postal installation, having 50 or more employees, a Joint Labor Management Safety and Health Committee will be established. In installations having fewer than 50 employees, installation heads are encouraged to establish similar committees when requested by the union. Where no Safety and Health Committee exists, Safety and Health items may be placed on the agenda and discussed at labor management meetings. There shall be equal representation on the committee between the union and management. The representation on the committee to be specifically determined by the employer and the union shall include one person from the union and appropriate management representatives. The chair will be designated by the employer. It is recognized that under some some circumstances, the presence of an additional employee employed at the installation will be useful to the expertise or experience with the agenda item being discussed. Under these circumstances, which will not normally be applicable to most agenda items, the employee may, at the request of the union, be in attendance only for the time necessary to discuss that item. Payment for the actual time spent at such meetings by the employee will be at the applicable straight time rate, providing the time spent is a part of the employee's regular workday. Local Committees Article 14.4 requires creation of a joint safety, a local joint Article 14.4 requires creation of local joint safety committees at each installation with 50 or more employees and encourages creation of committees at smaller facilities when requested by the union. In small facilities without committees, safety and health issues may be discussed in labor management meetings. 14.5, Section 5, Subjects for Discussion. Individual grievances shall not be made the subject of discussion during safety and health committee meetings. 14.6, Section 6, Employee Participation. It is the intent of this program to ensure broad exposure to employees, to develop interest by active participation of employees, to ensure new ideas being presented to the committee, and to make certain that employees in all areas of an installation have an opportunity to be represented. At the same time, it is recognized that for the program to be effective, it is desirable to provide for a continuity in the committee in the committee work from year to year. Therefore, except for the chair and secretary, the committee members shall serve three-year terms and shall, at the discretion of the union, be eligible to succeed themselves. Employee Participation Article 14.6, at the union's discretion, all... Article 14.6 allows, at the union's discretion all union members of the Safety and Health Committee to succeed themselves at the conclusion of each three-year term. I'm going to interrupt myself here for a sec.
I get that the JCAM has this interpretation aspect to it. What I, what doesn't make sense to me is when it will just restate exactly what was in the contractual part, and then it just says it again in the interpretation. Like, you're not adding anything. Oh, well. All right, moving on. 14.7, Section 7, Local Committee Meetings. The Safety and Health Committee shall meet at least quarterly and at such other times as requested by a committee member and approved by the chair in order to discuss significant problems or items. The meeting shall be on official time. Each committee member shall submit agenda items to the secretary at least three days prior to the meeting. A member of the health unit will be invited to participate in the meeting of the Labor Management Safety and Health Committee when agenda items relate to the activities of the health unit. The Local Safety and Health Committee must meet at least quarterly, but may meet more often if it wishes, on official paid time. The language which provides that Local Safety and Health Committee meetings, quote, shall be on official time, end quote, pertains only to members of the carrier craft. If a local branch has appointed a member of another craft to be its representative, that person is compensated only if the meeting is held during the representative's regular schedule. And there's a citation here. 14.8.A. Section 8. Local Committee Responsibilities. A. The committee shall review the progress in accident prevention and health at the installation, determine the program areas which should have increased emphasis, which should determine the program areas which should have increased emphasis, that there sh- I should have emphasis on the right words in these sentences, and it may investigate major accidents which result in disabling injuries. Items properly relating to employee safety and health shall be considered appropriate discussion items. Upon a timely request, information or records necessary for the local safety and health committee to investigate real or potential safety and health issues will be made available to the committee. In addition, the committee shall promote the cause of safety and health in the installation by 1. Reviewing safety and health suggestions, safety training records, and reports of unsafe conditions or practices. 2. Reviewing local safety and health rules. 3. Identifying employee unsafe work practices and assisting in enforcing safety work rules. 4. Reviewing updated list of hazardous materials used in the installation. 5. Reviewing local dog bite prevention efforts. The committee shall, at its discretion, render reports to the installation head and may, at its discretion, make recommendations to the installation head for action on matters concerning safety and health. The installation head shall, within a reasonable period of time, advise the committee that the recommended action has been taken or advise the Headquarters Safety and Health Committee and the president of the local union as to why it is not. Any member of the committee may also submit a written report to the Headquarters Safety and Health Committee in the event the committee's recommendations are not implemented. Upon proper written request, upon proper written request to the chair of the committee, on-the-spot inspection of particular troublesome areas may be made by individual committee members or a subcommittee or the committee as a whole. Such a request shall not be unreasonably denied. When so approved, the committee members shall be on official time while making such inspection. The union representative from the local safety and health committee may participate on the annual inspection conducted by district safety and health service personnel in accordance with ELM section 824, provided that the union represents employees at the facility being inspected. In no case shall there be 
In no case shall there be more than one NALC representative on such inspections. The union representative from the local safety and health committee may participate on other inspections of the main facility of each post office or other installation with 100 or more workers of employment in the regular workforce, and of an individual station or branch where the station or branch has 100 or more workers of employment in the regular workforce, provided that the union represents employees at the main facility or station or branch and provided that the union representative is domiciled at the main facility or station or branch to be inspected. If the union representative to the local safety and health committee is not domiciled at the main facility or station or branch to be inspected, and if the union represents employees at the main facility or station or branch, at the union's option, representatives from the committee may participate on the inspection at no additional cost for the employer, or the union may designate representatives domiciled at the main facility or station or branch to be inspected to participate on the inspection. In no case shall there be more than one NALC representatives on such inspections. The union representative from the local safety and health committee may participate on the annual inspection of each installation with less than 100 work years of employment in the regular workforce, where such committee exists in the installation being inspected. In those installations that do not have a safety and health committee, the inspector shall afford the opportunity for a bargaining unit employee from the union, if it represents employees in that installation, to accompany him or her during these inspections. If requested, these bargaining unit employees should be selected by the various exclusive bargaining representatives in that installation. In no case shall there be more than one NALC representative on such inspections. 14.8.B. B. An appointed member of a local committee will receive an orientation by the employer, which will include 1. Responsibilities of the committee and its members. 2. Basic elements of the safety and health program. 3. Identification of hazards and unsafe practices. 4. Explanation of reports and statistics reviewed and analyzed by the committee. C. Where an investigation board is appointed by a vice president, area operations, or a district manager to investigate a fatal or serious industrial non-criminal accident and or injury, the appropriate union at the installation will be advised promptly. When requested by the union, a representative from the local safety and health committee will be permitted to accompany the board in its investigation. D. In installations where employees represented by the union accept, handle, and or transport hazardous materials, the employer will establish a program of promoting safety awareness through communications and or training as appropriate. Elements of such a program would include, but not be limited to, 1. Informal postings, pamphlets, or articles in the postal area bulletins. 2. Distribution of Publication 52 to employees whose duties require acceptance of and handling hazardous or perishable items. 3. On-the-job training of employees whose duties require the handling and or transportation of hazardous or perishable items. This training will include, but is not limited to, hazardous identification, proper handling of hazardous materials, personal protective equipment availability and its use, cleanup and disposal requirements for hazardous materials. 4. All mailbags containing any hazardous materials, as defined in Publication 52, will be appropriately defined so that the employee handling the mail is aware that the mailbag contains one or more hazardous material packages. 5. 
Personal protective equipment will be made available to employees who are exposed to spills and breakage of hazardous materials. Local safety and health committees have review responsibilities over accident prevention and health issues such as the review of safety and health suggestions, safety-related records and rules, dog bite prevention efforts, and the list of hazardous materials. On-the-spot inspection of particular troublesome areas may be made by individual committee members, a subcommittee, or the committee as a whole, upon proper written request to the chair of the committee. Such requests shall not be unreasonably denied. When so approved, the committee members shall be on official time while making such inspection. A union representative from the local safety and health committee may participate in the inspection conducted by district safety and health services personnel in accordance with ELM section 824, provided that the union represents employees at the facility being inspected. In no case shall there be more than one NALC representative on such inspections. 14.9, section 9, field federal safety and health councils. In those cities where field federal safety and health councils exist, one representative of the union who is on the local safety and health committee in an independent postal installation in that city and who serves as a member of such councils will be permitted to attend the meetings. Such employee will be excused from regularly assigned duties without loss of pay. Employer authorized payment, as outlined above, will be granted at the applicable straight time rate, provided the time spent in such meetings is a part of the employee's regular workday. The preceding article, Article 14, shall apply to city carrier assistant employees. And now we get to the memos. This one is a memo between the USPS and the NALC regarding joint safety and accident control teams. The United States Postal Service and the National Association of Letter Carriers agree that it is in the best interest of both parties to have an effective health and safety program. Therefore, it is hereby agreed that representatives of the parties will meet at the national level for the purpose of developing an agenda to ensure the effectiveness of the Headquarters Joint Labor Management Safety Committee. The committee may establish joint safety and accident control teams whose aim it is to reduce accidents and injuries and promote improved safety performance. The Joint Safety and Accident Control Teams will consider establishing, where appropriate, local accident prevention guidelines and procedures for 1. Reporting and abating hazardous conditions and practices. 2. Expediting resolution of local safety and health issues. And 3. Promoting safety awareness and investigating safety and health complaints. The Joint Safety and Accident Control Teams will develop periodic progress reports to the Headquarters Joint Labor Management Safety Committee and will make recommendations regarding the program structure where necessary. The Headquarters Joint Labor Management Safety Committee will monitor the efforts of the local programs with the aim of expanding the joint safety and accident control teams if the program is deemed successful by the parties. It is further understood that nothing in this memorandum of understanding is intended to infringe on management or union rights as found in the National Agreement. All right, here's another memo between these same parties regarding District Safety Committee's pilot program. The United States Postal Service and the National Association of Letter Carriers, AFL-CIO, agree that it is in their mutual interest to have an effective health and safety program. To that end, the parties agree to further test District Safety Committees in each area during the term of the 2019 National Agreement. 
Under the test program, district safety committees will be phased in incrementally and will consist of two members from each party, with management members selected by the district manager or designee and union members selected by the national business agent or designee. District safety committees will meet quarterly and are responsible for assisting in implementing district-wide safety initiatives, facilitating communication between area and local safety committees, and assisting local committees as determined by the district manager and NBA. Area safety committees are responsible for assisting and monitoring district committees within their jurisdiction during the test period. The USPS slash NALC National Safety Committee will create guidelines for district committees. The National Safety Committee will also establish a methodology for assessing the effectiveness of district safety committees during the test period and will provide quarterly evaluation reports and recommendations to the NALC President and the Postal Service Vice President Labor Relations. It is understood that nothing in this Memorandum of Understanding is intended to add to or detract from management or union rights as found in the National Agreement. This Memorandum expires with the 2019 National Agreement. Next, we have another memo between the USPS and the NALC regarding smoking in postal vehicles. The United States Postal Service and the National Association of Letter Carriers, AFL-CIO, are committed to the safety, health, and well-being of all employees. Accordingly, the parties mutual agree that, effective with the signing of this memorandum, smoking will not be permitted in postal-owned vehicles acquired or distributed after September 1, 2014. For purposes of this memorandum, the definition of smoking found in the Employee and Labor Relations Manual, Section 880, Smoking, applies. This agreement is without prejudice to the Postal Service's right to make changes to policy, including under Article 19, and the union's ability to challenge the same. And that is the end of Article 14. All right. I think that went pretty smoothly, aside from my uh, reading errors from time to time. But hey. If you think you could do better, you should do it and send me the files so that I could just listen to them instead of having to read them. That'd be great. In the meantime, you're stuck with me. All right, so I'll catch you next time.